Welcome into the Pegasus Podcast, episode 33. I am Bailey Adams, and I'm joined, as always, by Christian Simmons. As promised, we're here to break down UCF's regular season opener against Boise State. We did not expect to be here at 2.49 a.m. on Friday morning. We are recording this at 2.49 in the morning. And It is late. Yes, we're so <laughs> it is early. It's I don't know, it's just been felt like one long, three long days in one. I don't remember a time before the UCF-Boise game. I could not tell you what I did yesterday. <laughs> um, so UCF, the Gus Malzahn era is off to a winning start. UCF beats Boise State 36-31 in an absolutely wild game that began with, a, I guess, was it two hour and 45 minute Weather delay, giant lightning delay. That, that they just, that like they ended and restarted four different times for some reason. Let me just say like so, just so that everybody knows like Christian was in the press box. I was with my friends in the student section, and we so <laughs> we get there at five. I get there at five. I wait till five thirty. Gates open. Get there and I'm in there at five thirty, and I'm like first row of the student section. Nice. And I'm like, these seats are going to be great. I'm like, this is like the lowest I've ever been for like, and, and so, oh, that's great. And then all of a sudden, lightning delay. And I'm like, I didn't see any lightning. What are you talking about? And as we're like walking out of the section, a very loud clap of thunder. I was like, oh, there it is. Okay. And then we just waited forever and forever. And I was like, all right, we're going to get back to the seats. Uh, finally. We finally were going back up. Everybody was just, I, I don't know, a lot, of people, a lot of people, just people are tough to deal with. But we get back to the seats and... We hear the voice come over the PA system again, and I'm thinking he's faking us out. I'm thinking it's like, he's just talking like, oh, haha, like, we just got a word. Because he said, we just got word. And I'm thinking, he's like, oh, there's going to be football. I was like, ah, haha, very funny. No, there was another, like, lightning delay. And no, that one was that even night, longer. All night. And my favorite part of that, too, because watching it all unfold from the press box, it's like God looking down on the apocalypse being on Earth. was like all Because eventually, after the fifth time they told everyone to leave, the students were just like, no, we're staying. And the PAs just getting more and more frantic, like, guys, no, please, you have to leave. Like, it, it, it was like, it was a, like the students were finally just done. And, yeah, no, it was... But it, you know what's funny is, like, okay, so there was an almost three-hour delay. First off, I have to give a giant shout-out to the crowd, because a good 30,000-plus people stayed. Like, they announced this, and I didn't they, I don't even know oh. what, what they did okay. with it. But, like, it was rocking, and that is such a testament to Sam and the students in particular. And somehow... The rain delay, all that, all that, still didn't match what a freaking, like, bonkers game that was. I also say the record, you and I have not said a word about this no. game to each other, because I literally just got... All, I, all I know of, like, what you, your mindset throughout this evening, this evening, last evening, yesterday, yesterday <laughs> evening, <laughs> was I, I scrolled through your Twitter when I got to your house while I was waiting for you. Then you have seen a range of emotions so, yeah. over the and last I mean, few hours. I think we all went through those emotions, and I think, going back, just sitting down there waiting for this game to start, I think, you if you looked at me... You would have thought my life had just come crashing down. Like, <laughs> everything. Like, my girlfriend left me. I don't have any friends. I'm just by myself and just going to wallow away and, and just die. I think I tried to text you at one point. I said, I think I might have just I might as well just sit here and, and just die at this point. I got that text. And, okay, I, I didn't tell if you did because like, it kept saying I didn't. also didn't have service. That was another thing. And it was just a big pain. But And it's like that the whole time. I'm just thinking, like, of course we've waited this long like for to get this, the, the stadium full again, to get back to college football. UCF playing Boise State, what a game. And I'm thinking, is it going to get canceled? If it doesn't get canceled, it's going to start at 9.45. I was going to, like, I think I tweeted one person at one point, I was going to fall apart as a person if they yeah. cancel that game. Like, I'm sitting in the press box, and I'm like, I will stay here till 2. Like, and then I get, I, I get a text from you, and I start to see on Twitter, like, oh, 9.45, and I'm like, there's not going to be anyone here. I was like, no one's staying for no, that. No, I was so shocked by I was, like, thinking, I was like, I'm going to stay just because I just, at this point, it's, like, I'm just going to stay out of spite, basically. Spite <laughs> to, like, I don't know who, but... 
I was like, I'm going to be here. I, I'm going to be here for this game. And then finally it gets underway at 9.45. It ends well after 1 o'clock. And UCF wins 36-31. to 31. So let me ask you a question. Yeah, that we're sitting together. I'm assuming if you're listening to this, listeners, you watch the game, so you know what's up. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Do you feel better or worse about this team than you did before the game? Better. Really? Okay. Do you feel worse? <laughs> so I've said all offseason, I'm predicting 10-2. and 10-2. Yes. I'm going to revise that. I could totally see, like, very easily see UCF going eight and four, and I could also really easily see them going twelve and zero. That's where I'm at with this team right now. Like, I like this is like I almost got like 2013 UCF vibes, where I'm like, this team is probably going to be really good and also make me want to kill myself on a weekly basis. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. that's where I'm at with this team right now. Like, this, I I have so many things I don't even know where to start. First off, like this is like I do want to say like this is a pretty historic win for UCF. I mean, that's a big one taking down Boise State. It was really like a crown of the group of five moment. I I don't, like, if UCF had lost, I think this would have been, like, one of the most devastating losses ever for me, especially when it looked like they almost blew it late when Gabriel threw, yeah. threw the second pick. Like, So, just to, just quickly to recap, and then I think Christian and I are just going to vomit. Much, Basically, yeah. just vomit our takeaways. and We have stuff. thoughts. We have a bunch of thoughts. I don't even know how this is going to go. But Boise State, so this game started just about as frustratingly as possible for UCF. Because you get you get a stop on defense to start, and you're like, ooh, defense looked good. Offense looks absolutely unstoppable. Dylan Gabriel's moving like crazy. Gets down to like the two-yard line, and the very next play, I don't know what he saw. Worst throw of his career. What kind of throw Worst was. Throw of his career. Pick six, 100 yards. And it's 7 nothing. Like, okay, all right, like right, let's just take it easy. We looked good on that drive. Then UCF goes about three and out. Boise State gets the ball back. 14 nothing in the first quarter. 21 nothing. start of the second quarter. And UCF finally gets on the board. 23-yard touchdown pass from Gabriel to Alec Holler. Did not think Alec Holler would be the first. Yeah, who had the first two touchdowns of the 2020 season were Alec, Harder, Alec Holler and Titus. <laughs> who had that on their bingo no. card? If, if you did, I'd love to talk to you about what else is going to happen this season. And so it was 21-7. And then I, even at that point, I was like, all right, if you can get a stop and get a score, 2014, yeah, you get the within way. the range of we, we get the ball to start the second half. And then they don't get it. They don't get a touchdown right away. Boise State goes up 24-7 with a field goal. And... It started to feel like, all right, they need to score on this drive, or we like, this is just not going to happen. Yeah. And they did. They scored with six seconds left, like you said. Dylan Gabriel, an eight-yard pass to Titus Mokia, Atimalala. And Gus Malzahn said, for the record, after in the postgame, he said that the touchdown right before halftime, that was it. That was everything. Absolutely. Because absolutely, it makes it a 24-14 game, and Boise State doesn't get a chance to respond. UCF gets the ball right back to start the second half. And to start the second half, too, that was another key drive, obviously, because yep. if they didn't score, it's still a 10-point game. But they do. They go down and score. Brandon Johnson catches an 11-yard touchdown pass. And from there, the defense just dominated the second half. Yeah, that was crazy. I Part of it was um, Boise State's uh, receiver, Khalil Shakir. Yeah. It, when he was on the field, they couldn't really handle him. But he wasn't on the field a whole lot. They set yeah, up the he, game. He had he a, snap a snap count, count limit. And that played a big role. But I, I just – I got to jump. I, I'm sorry. Because I, yeah. I, I, I just want to talk. I have so many things yeah. to say. Like, the <laughs> So, like, the D-line is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. Big Cat is going to wreck the AAC. There isn't an AAC team that can deal with that. Ricky Barber, too. Ricky Barber. <laughs> yeah. it's, so, it's too bad. And you're also going to see Kalia Davis. Like, all three of them. And like, Kalia oh, Davis. Just, They're amazing. They're yeah. so great. They are, they are elite. They can hang with anyone in the country. So, it's too bad that the secondary is once again awful. That's really... Corey Thornton is just not better. Like, he is just exactly as not good as he was last year. <laughs> I, I, I'm, like... Uh, it's uh, second. Day, I I just I don't know what to do at this point. Like I don't know how they ha- are not even remotely better than they were. Last part year. of the reason I'm so interested to talk to you right now is because you were obviously watching from the press box, so you got a much better vantage point than I did to wa- from watching from right. one of the end zones. 
So yeah, I'm just curious to get your. So most of what I saw from the press box was Boise's receivers, and then confused five to ten yards away, UCF's defender. That's one of my my big things. And before we just get into the rest of the the recap. I was so confused by they continued to play off the receivers so much. I don't know. And that's, it it that's, wasn't working all night. That's not even like, y- yes, like I, I don't like the way the secondary looked for the most part, but I wonder like schematically why that was the case. Because it, it I'm was not sure, man. It was like they were playing. And that on the flip off. side, and then Boise was playing man to man. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was a it lot just of confusion. made no sense. And then they're playing ten yards off and Boise is just hitting them with these slants the entire game. It was like you're playing on Madden, you're doing those quick slants, and it was working every time. It was so Or they would run like the like the reverse kind of screen where they would catch basically an open field I don't know how many times they did that early it, in the first Basically first what time. happened, and it's what's going to have to happen this season clearly, is just the D-line just needs to get there in time. Like yeah. that, that Even in the second half, I mean, that was just everything. It's just is – and first off, Hank Bachmeyer, as I said in the past podcast, I was correct. He's not a good quarterback. He's not good. He's really not good. I think Boise is a really good team. He is not a good – the second he's out of the pocket, he is useless. Did you feel, too, like Andy Avalos, first-year head coach, do you feel like he kind of got a little conservative to start the second half? He got out-coached. I thought he I'll did. I'll just flat out say I thought he, he got did out-coached. because – when they got to within 24-21, and I think they started, I don't know where they started, maybe they were on the 25-yard line, they just ran the ball. And then they got, yeah. they got to, like, th- I think third and 12 or something like that from, like, their own 20, and it was just... They got, ball. they looked... They had that, like, two drives, back-to-back their, drives. Their offense in particular just looked flat-out defeated in yeah. the second half. But by, was, by the way, I just am so happy we were at a point in time where we're saying someone got out-coached in a UCF game, and it wasn't UCF's head coach. I've seen people say this, and I know, like... No one wants to dwell on the past too much, but just this, this game is not a game that Josh Heupel wins. If Josh Heupel's the coach, UCF loses this game by 30 or 40 points. And I'm not even exaggerating. That is the biggest change to me in this team and why I'm saying that I actually could see this team going 12-0 now. I'm not saying they will. I'm not expecting <laughs> it, but they they can't. Yeah. I know they can now. Because the difference is, like, I'm sitting there in the press box having an existential crisis because it's 24-7. As one sit- does. As one does, as I do on a regular basis. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here like... I'm literally just in my head. I'm like, what is this? Like an eight and four team? Like, is this? Is the defense just bad? And I remember, there was a stretch there where Dylan Gabriel wasn't looking good after right. he threw that bad pick. And I'm just sitting here, like, oh my god. And the sideline, they're chill, they're relaxed. <laughs> they did not freak out. They stayed around. And Dylan Gabriel, like, I was like at first, like, oh, he looks so bad. He then he essentially had two bad drives in the second yeah. quarter, and then was just like, okay, I have been a Dylan Gabriel critic all summer, and I know he threw two really bad picks. Dylan Gabriel has improved so freaking much. Yeah. I mean, throwing on the... I mean, there there were points where he's just sitting there, like, scanning downfield and casually making guys miss on tackles as he's dancing around looking for a guy. He is running now I and has great instincts for it. Yeah. I'm so confused. I don't want to make the comparison because it's just... I don't want to don't get do in this, but... Don't do it. He... He don't looked a little like Milton sometimes. He did. he did, and I was like, "What?" I was like, "Cause remember all off season, we were like, there were the coaches were saying, oh, like he's got the ability to move around the pocket. He can, he can, he really mobile.'" Which we like, scoffed at. You and I were like, well, "No, he doesn't." What are you talking about? Clearly, they co- coached that into him because I don't think he did not. And maybe it was just the way that Heupel like employed him and the way like the way he used him in his system that it was just, "Hey, Dylan, don't run." <laughs> but <laughs> this, you he set a career high for rushing yards. How many? How many have you know? Sixty-four. The, Sixty-four. On Twelve carries, and he got sacked a few times. Yeah, I but it, it, nearly without the sacks, would have been probably yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like to, to me, he's, I was getting so annoyed. I keep deleting my tweet because he set the career high like three times oh. and then got sacked. <laughs> but he like it's more than just he's running. Like his instincts for it are insane. It's like the yeah. second there was a hole, he's darting through it. He's other than the two point conversion where he got hit and <laughs> it being fine. He's not going to slide. And I'm just the the play to me, and it was a play that got called back due to holding, but. He's, he's dancing around. The pocket collapses. Dude's 
glazing at him, just casually makes a miss, looks yeah. around, starts running forward, picks up like 10 yards, makes two other guys miss, and I'm just like, who are you? He made you? some defensive line look downright silly. And was, on top of that, yeah. he threw some absurd passes. Oh, I, I mean... the So the touchdown to Titus in, this, in the first half was a really, really good throw. Um, I'm blanking on this. I think the Brandon Johnson one... The Jalen Robinson, Robinson was like a freaking rainbow. That was and that was insane. Just the way he fit, the where he fit that ball, and Jalen was a great catch too. Oh, yeah. So to get back to this and just wrap up the recap real quick, UCF gets within twenty four twenty one. The defense just basically shuts down Boise State. Jalen Robinson catches a twenty one yard touchdown pass. Uh, uh, I mean, early contender for UCF catch of the year, and so they go up twenty eight twenty four going into the third quarter or going into the fourth quarter, and the defense had just gotten a stop to start the fourth quarter. Boise State snaps the ball over their punter's head for a safety, and it's thirty to twenty-four. At that point, I'm like, UCF has the ball back; they have a chance to put this game away right now. And that's where it kind of got frustrating. Is that I think they had maybe two or three drives. They had like three drives where I'm like, this is it. They're going to yeah, put it they away. needed it's a touchdown would have made it thirty-seven twenty-four in the fourth quarter, and they couldn't do it. And one of my friends, credit to him, he just leaned over to me at one point and said, "We really need to score here because we need on the other side of a pick six, like basically giving them the lead back." And sure enough, UCF didn't score. Dylan throws another bad pick, and yeah. it gives Boise State the ball at the 31-yard line. And, like, I can't even blame the defense for giving up a touchdown there. That's just they, – Boise State had a great field position. They get, like, no, two no, pretty that, big that plays, the offense, and they score honestly. a touchdown. Which, that's fun. It's a funny thing about, too, because that, that shit, even with how bad the secondary looked like – I mean, yeah, Boise State, Boise State scored 31 points, but 14 of those were directly off of yeah. the Gabriel pick. And that's the thing. Is I, I think – and so, finally, after that, after that touchdown – UCF drives down the field with four minutes left. This, the way they did, like, I just, we're going to get on to him, Isaiah Bowser, but they get down to the, the, their eight, at the eight-yard line, it's third and goal, and I'm like, at this point, I think they might just center the ball and try to kick a field goal, which was had me very nervous. Yep. And then, sure enough, they give the ball off to Bowser, and Bowser just pushes forward for an eight-yard touchdown. They don't get the two-point conversion, 36-31. UCF ends up getting a pick off of just an awful throw by Bachmeyer. A throw three yards past the line of scrimmage. I, yeah, see, I didn't catch that from... I saw that on Twitter after. We're just but. watching, and we're like, he knows he's... Past, like, he was well past it, just so it was going to be a penalty either way. Yeah. And he was just like, well, I'll make it easy for you, and I'll just... It's yeah. like he was like, nah, I'm done. And like, so, he throws that pick. UCF runs a little bit of time, ends up having to punt yeah. the ball back with, with 15, 15 seconds. seconds. the scariest 15 and seconds of my life. I don't know why. I just was like, this is not... Something's going to happen. No, everyone's, like, celebrating. And I'm just sitting yeah. there like, they're going to... No, gonna I was like, this is not... I was feeling very, very, very stressed for those last 15 seconds, but... Final Hail Mary pass falls well short of the goal line. Um, which Again, kind of just a, a, not good. just a duck of a throw. And UCF wins 36-31. And, I mean... Listen, man. Uh, like like I said, I, I could see this team going 84. But they also... Like, Gus Mal, first off, like, Gus Malzahn is a heck of a coach. Like, the play calling was masterful. Yeah. And, and I'm not trying to turn this into, like, a hypo bashing session congrats on your win against Bowling Green Josh Heifel we were watching on the first final score of that game I was like 38 to something okay, it, like it was like 14 6 at halftime USF right? lost 45 to nothing um, I didn't know that yeah. that was that yeah. look I just gave you was me actually man I watched that game during the rain delay they look worse than they did last year and they they played like how three different possible? quarterbacks the Cade Fortin lasted two series how is that possible I, ha- I don't know at this point I think Jeff Scott was a bad hire because they should not be this bad still and Fortin was supposed to be like he lasted two series that's, two series did he get hurt I don't know. They were just like, if this isn't working. So, wow. I, yeah, it, it was rough. But uh, a bad night for the AAC. Tulsa lost to an FCS team. Tulsa. 
Uh, East Carolina got killed by App State. I believe That's a, we, we talked about it. Tulsa's twenty twenty was a fraudulent season. But guess what, guys? We're not even getting this podcast. We don't have time. But uh, UCF doesn't have to care about the AC anymore. Apparently, they're going to the we'll Big get into it. We'll get into it next week. We'll get into it next week. But anyway, <laughs> Isaiah Bowser. So I spent a lot of podcasts talking about how he is not an RB one, <laughs> and how I think UCF is in really bad hands if Isaiah Bowser is the best they can do. Um, given the fact that he had the most singular dominant performance by UCF running back probably in the last five years, I'm going to go ahead and shut up and more than shut up. I, I'd say Isaiah Bowser, I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm so sorry. 170 yards on 32 carries. 32 carries. That's an average of 5.3 yards per carry. And as I'm looking at this, well, okay, hold on. As I'm looking at this, Isaiah Bowser, 5.3 yards per carry. Dylan Gabriel, 5.3 <laughs> yards per carry. Johnny Richardson, 5.3 yards per carry. That is, that is some weird trivia. Very, very weird. But just the the um, whole thing that just blew my mind was, and we, we kind of talked about it where I said, or we both have said that like Gus is more of a guy that's going to go with like one one running back and he'll rotate some in. Exactly but right. It wasn't going to be like we've seen in the past with UCF just rotating in three like exactly. all the time. And I, I like I was so I was to to an extent I expected that. But I also did not expect one guy to get 32 carries in the first game of the season. And it was like, it got like, I, I mean, we talked about that he's like a bruiser, so it was yeah. like a surprise. But geez, man, like he just drags defense. Like yeah. they can't, I, I and I, he's shifty too. He's really, and that I didn't see that coming. He had a couple of moments where he yeah. was a little too shifty oh, yeah. and it cost him. <laughs> but the other thing that we have to think here is we're measuring, like this is actually cool because every other UCF opener since we've been around forever yeah. is like you're measuring it against FCS team, whatever. Boise State is a really, really. I good think Boise team. State will win ten games and possibly oh, win I think the conference. So. They're going to win the Mountain West, and in spite of their quarterback, and they might have to make a quarterback switch. At some yeah, point. we'll see. <laughs> but they're a really talented team, and the fact that he gashed them for hundred and seventy yards, like they're most of the teams on UCF schedule are going to have absolutely no answer for this D line, no answer for Isaiah Bowser, and they're not going to have anything for Dylan Gabriel. Like I think UCF like. Because honestly, you look at the hardest games. Like, what games are going to be harder than this? Like Cincinnati. Is that it? I think I think that has to be it. There, SMU. There, SMU. We'll see how SMU is. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of the schedule that I feel like UCF is just going to flat out breeze through, and maybe that'll come back to bite me. But like, because yeah, this no. secondary is the, my one. The problem with the secondary is it's bad enough that we're just not going to have those scores. I like like the defense yeah. is still going to give up more points. I, than like, I like it's just not going to necessarily matter. I'd like to go back and watch this game and watch the broadcast, which I probably will. It's airing on ESPN um, right now. I probably will just because I want to see because I, I think yeah I think there's reason to be concerned about the, the secondary but I also think that Khalil Shakir is a very good receiver that was that was just the guy for Boise State and yeah UCF's going to face some tough receivers but I, I think it's still a learning problem I mean there's yeah I know like they had a whole offseason and it, but they're still young and they're still like yeah. to start this off with game, game one to you start off with a game like this one. yeah there's there's definitely room for them to, to kind of get adjusted to everything and a new defense and all that. But I have to give props to you as well, by the way, because one, I, basically I've just been proven wrong on everything I was saying. Also. <laughs> the other thing was I was I was really getting into you on, like, we talked about, like, you just kept saying, especially with the skill positions, like, it's fine. UCF's always fine. There. I was like, it's a lot of unproven guys. We don't know. Skill, great. I mean, Isaiah Bowser we talked about. Yeah. A bunch of receivers popped off. Jalen Robinson had an insane night. O'Keefe, like, quietly had a really, really effective night. Yeah. Brandon Johnson looked good. Titus, a true freshman, our true freshman four-star, came yeah. in with yeah. some really key plays there. I Like, I... UCF's offense just seems stacked again, for the record. That's where I think, too, that, that there's a huge difference in this game. One was the quarterback play, because I just thought Dylan Gabriel played a good game, despite the two picks, and then yep. Bachmeyer was not very good. And then, I know, like, I, and I don't even think they're really trying to use it as an excuse. I think they're just trying to say, hey, like, hey, like our, our top wide receiver was on a snap count, and yep. then they were out, without one of their running backs, I believe. Yep. But that just shows that they have no depth. 
Yeah, that's the, that's the thing is, while Khalil Shakir is really good, and I, I'm just going to flat out say it, I don't know if UCF wins this game if he's not on a snap count limit. At the same time, um, you you should never be a team where if one wide receiver cannot play, that your offense cannot function. Because yeah. it wasn't like that the offense was worse. They could not function. They yeah. had nothing. So that's not great. But Yeah, and, and they they could not run the ball on UCF. And and so I don't know if they're the I don't know the start the running back if that was a starter or what it was know. but it just showed because like but again the D line was just so dominant they had it showed they had no depth and then UCF is they were down to I mean two running backs from who we thought was going to be in the running back room and like I, maybe Bowser would have been I, I don't think he would have been RB one if, if those two guys like were, it. did not it didn't sound, sound like, like it, it but he steps right in and then like you said wide receiver wise UCF has three guys go to the draft or go to the, go to the NFL and just. Jalen Robinson looked fantastic. Looks like wide receiver one. And then it just, yeah, Brandon Johnson looked good. He had a touchdown catch. Titus, I didn't, we talked about it. We were like, not really sure how much Titus would really, he was on the field a lot. He was, yeah, he was on the field a ton. I think yeah. he could return some punts, didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah. And, and it was it was interesting the way they were using, because a lot of times he would start in the backfield, they'd motion him out. And I was like, that's kind of an interesting twist. But, but th- this offense is like, it's so first off, I did not expect, like one a couple things I like. First off, UCF played like, Almost, if not faster than they did with high bullet points, but I didn't expect that. At all. I didn't expect that either. But it, they, they went with the pace of the game. Some yeah. drives they were blistering fast. When it called for it, other drives they weren't. And like the play calling was just so creative. There was so much there. I, I mean, Malzahn. It's like it, like watching him try to counter and try to attack what they're doing. Like it just, it was like watching like a artist with a paintbrush. Like yeah. it was just. I, I'm. Just, I don't know. I can't believe that Auburn like boosters basically forced him into giving up play calling at one point. <laughs> Did you? I mean, well, you were on Twitter the whole time, so I, I, my phone died before the game started. Have so you seen Terry Mahodgers? I have. Okay. I saw him nearly punch a ref. <laughs> you, got, you guys need to go look up, if you're listening to this, the video of Terry Mahodger on the sideline. Um, that dude does not disappoint. But I, something about it, like, it was just funny. Cause I, I, came, I came back and I was waiting for you to get here, and I'm just scrolling kind of like a little while back. I went on Chris Benini's Twitter, and we're just kind of scrolling to see what he had to say about the game. Um, and just was seeing some people in his replies, like, early on, like, I saw someone say, like, oh, Auburn fans tried to warn UCF about Gus. Oh, Auburn <laughs> fans were downright giddy That's in the hilarious. first quarter. And then it just didn't work out because, like, I didn't – this is – it's like – and like I said, I'm, I'm still, like, I don't know what this season's going to be for UCF. I just don't. I think they have the chance to be really special. But one thing that's clear is, like, a lot of the big issues that held UCF back the last couple of years are gone. UCF isn't getting out coached anymore. UCF isn't failing to adjust anymore. I mean, those that was like so much like and, and, and like and the other thing was, if UCF lost, it would have been soul crushing. But <laughs> they, I mean, they, they got the monkey off their back. Of for years now, it's been UCF can't win the big game. Sure, Dylan, they and Dylan up. Gabriel. Dylan himself. Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel went out there, and I know the two picks were bad, but holy hell, man, Dylan Gabriel had a freaking game. And he like I just there's a lot to like about this team. Yeah, and I think more than anything, it just proved that the, like Malzahn knows what he's doing with this program. And you know what? It's it's like as frustrating as it was, and like there was no way you would have caught me saying this in the moment. But to go down twenty one nothing and then twenty four to seven, and looking back now, I'm glad that happened because it showed how quickly it showed very quickly this team can respond. And that's why this is so big too, because I, and like I listen, you don't have to believe it, but so much of college, so much of football, the sport is a mental game. Yeah, it really is. And UCF knows now that they can overcome anything. They went down 24-7, not to some nobody, not some team less talented than They went down 24-7 to the only other group of five team that can hold a candle to their level of accomplishment. And they fought back and they won the game. Yeah. So UCF knows now that they can beat anybody on their schedule. 
it's a simple. That's step. the thing is, I don't know, like you've said, like you don't know how to see how the season's gonna go, and like it's still obviously like there's gonna be some ups and downs, and like we don't want to get too high after one right. game. But this was, and we've talked about it all summer as we talked about the schedule in this season. This was one of like their three toughest games, and they got it out of the way with a win. Yeah, and. I mean, the rest of the way, like, I, I don't see them losing more than two games. I mean, we've talked about this all summer, but I don't see them losing more than two games the rest of the way. Well, that's if, when I look at the schedule now, like, what are the what are the losable games that are left from what we know right now? I'm going to throw Louisville in there just because it's a road game and yeah. it's a Power 5 opponent, but them... We'll see We'll see Monday night how Louisville looks. We will. I'm very curious for that. Cincinnati, SMU, I'm not putting Memphis in there. I, would, I wouldn't. So, right now. So, so, we'll see how they look. So but. what are we saying? Like, I mean, is, is worst case 9-3 and three now? I think so. I'm just... Right. This is weird. I, I don't know how to feel. I, like I said, there was a lot of good. Yeah. There was a lot of good. Well, I, I think, too, another thing that, like, is important to just keep in mind is, like, this is... Like, we, we've said it a couple times now. Is this was game one. Yep. So, this back. is this is a team that was playing its first game under a new head coach, a new... Completely new coaching staff. And, I mean, whatever feelings, like, they're playing in front of their... Like, a pretty full stadium for the first time in over a year. The, definitely and, a loud stadium. Yeah, a loud stadium, and and um, just there's gonna be there was gonna be some moments. I think there's bound to be some some frustrating moments. But I feel feel like on the whole, when you if you put it on a, a scale, the good outweighed the bad. And oh, that's I, all I, you I can ask for. It. I think that and getting a win against a team like Boise State, that's all you can ask for. And then you go into a game against Bethune Cookman next week, and you can kind of iron out the dude. You can iron out the the kinks there. I am so happy Bethune Cookman. Week I can't yeah. do this again. Like, no, no, I, I was so di- when it was so twenty one. When it was twenty one, I think I was like Christian. Like I'm, I understand why Christian was like, "We this is a horrible game to start off with," yeah. because I was like, "This is this is not the kind of team that you're gonna want to like." Have. I, I just did not. I mean, at twenty one nothing, I was like, "There's just I don't know. I don't I, see." I'll it. flat out say I, when it hit twenty one nothing, I'm just looking at it and I was like, "UCF's gonna get killed." Then and I was just like, "Oh my god, please just keep it close." I think after they scored a touchdown and maybe got a stop, like the blind hope. Switch in my head, flicking got turned on, and I was like, "All right." I was like, "This kind of feels like the Memphis, the Memphis Conference Championship game, 2018." I was like, "We could do that again." And <laughs> I seriously like I, I mean, this I, it, it's you're still trying to like wrap your head around it just because it literally just happened as we're talking about this, but yeah. this is going to go down as one of the. Biggest, it's now three fifteen in the morning. <laughs> it's now three fifteen a.m. This is one of the biggest wins for UCF ever, in my opinion, and one of the wildest UCF games I've ever seen I mean, in my life. Yeah, and I you have to say like especially if you put if you like qualify it as a just a biggest regular season like if you look at the biggest regular season wins you're not going to find many more that are what's be... what's a bigger regular season non-conference win? oh non-conference yeah. I... oh that was conference <laughs> I mean, UCF's beaten a lot of power five teams over the years but it's like Bo- yeah because Boise State, State is at a... Penn State 2013 maybe I don't even remember how Penn State was they were like year, seven and five that year okay. um I don't know man this might be it I'd have to th- I might be missing some obvious one that everyone's gonna get mad at me about but because the thing is, yeah, UCF beats up on Power 5 teams a lot, pretty regularly, but like Boise State is better than the vast majority of Power 5 yeah, teams. Yeah, and they're better than, I think, almost any Power 5 team UCF gets on their schedule. And let me tell you, it's good that UCF won, because the, we saw from when UCF went down 21-0, the Twitter trolls were out in force. Cincinnati fans, USF fans, Big 12 fans, national media members, everyone was just sitting there salivating, waiting. Yeah. And they made fools of themselves because they all said, ah, 21-0 is safe. We can tweet our bad UCF takes. <laughs> and so go find them, guys. They're all out there. And then UCF came back and won. I, I wanted to reply to people. Like, I did too. Here, but I was like, bothering. probably not that a good karma. use of my time at like 1.30 in the morning when I was looking at these tweets. Because 
Yeah, not having my phone, it was just it was an experience. I was like, I really want to know what what's going on. I want to know what's going on through Christian's head. I just was very curious about everything. Um, but no, it's it, and like I said, I like I'm actually talking myself into being more optimistic for this team as we keep this going. Because like I said, I guess what didn't go well to me is the secondary, and that's kind of it. Um, the O line wasn't awesome at points. Um, yeah, but that's kind of it. And I think Boise, like Boise State's front was pretty. Let's think. You have to put this through. Like, so this is they're playing what, in my opinion, will be a top twenty-five team by the time the season's over, and is one of the best teams, probably top three team they're going to play. And almost everything looked good. Yeah. So I, I like, I don't know what this team's going to do to like East Carolina or Temple. And that's the thing is, like you said, like the offensive line at times wasn't great, but like on the whole, yeah, they they hold held up well enough. And then secondary had its moments definitely. And I think even the linebackers at times. More like more so earlier in the game didn't really look like they looked a little mismatched or outmatched. Sure. But I think on the whole, like I mean, UCF got the win. They what did they they held Boise State like the second half was just so dominant. They held Boise State to two hundred eighty three yards on the whole game. And I don't know I, Boise how many State. Times they if I remember anybody? right, this is off the top of my head. I believe Boise State in the third quarter had negative eleven yards. How many times did they hold somebody over three hundred or under three hundred yards last year? I, don't I think that happened. last can't year. Can't imagine that did happen. That that's the thing is like I just and what it goes back to for me like is a couple things is one like Dylan Gabriel. I know the picks are bad. He very clearly took the lead and that's huge. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like I just like Gus Malzahn just didn't freaking disappoint. Like he just he did everything right all off season. You just don't know until you get on the field what's really going to happen. But yeah. he just didn't disappoint. And he's earned the Waffle House he's eating tonight. <laughs> he said not only is he getting his typical scattered spoons and covered, he believes he's earned a waffle. And he's eating I think he too. has earned a waffle. He's earned all the waffles he wants. I'll buy him a waffle. I'm a, yeah, the, after this, Bailey and I are going to head to Waffle House and buy Gus Malzahn waffles. <laughs> I'll be dead asleep on the way there or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, just look at looking at, like, another big thing for UCF and this game in general was third down efficiency. UCF was 10 of 17 on third downs. Which pretty solid, and Boise State was four for fourteen, and so to to be able for the defense to be able to get off the field just felt like that never happened last year, and for the for them to be able to do that against Boise State it, it just was. A, That's a the thing is you have to filter all of it. Like typically we're filtering stuff through. Oh, you have to filter through the lens of it was an FCS team or yeah. it was a bad team. This is like you have to filter through the lens of this is a really good yeah. team they played. <laughs> By the way, Big Cat Bryant just tweeted, and I feel like to share it. First off, I love that Big Cat Bryant's tweeting at three sixteen in the morning. <laughs> Uh, he said, to all you couch coaches, I hope you know that there are four quarters in a game with the winky face emoji. <laughs> also, like, I, I think I said it earlier, but, like, the AAC will not have an answer for Big Cap Ryan. I can't imagine. I just... I cannot wait for Desmond Ritter to have to deal with that. The thing is, like, and it's not just him. Like, that's the craziest part. Like, no, the D-line is insane. Kalia Davis had three tackles for loss. I think it was three. I mean, I'm looking at ESPN stats. Theirs aren't always, like, up to the best, but... He had three tackles for loss. Now I'm not even actually seeing If that, you but. take last season yeah. exactly as is, and you add Big Cat and Kalia, I think UCF is like 8-2. <laughs> yeah, like, I really think they make that much of a difference. And yeah, I just... I, I was very impressed. Like, the whole... Early in the game, when Boise State was just... Basically seemed like they were having their way with UCF's defense... I was like, we can't get a stop. I was like, this defense has not improved. I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like, how's the defense just as? And then it got to the point so much, and like, I forgot how much of a snap reaction kind of person I am when I'm watching college football, especially UCF, because then by the third quarter, like every time the defense took the field, I was like, easy three now, we got this. Like it's 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 gonna be like 
at that point they had just taken over the game and Boise State like could not find any room to run they could not everything was covered like they were getting to the quarterback it was just Dude. I think they had I think it was like nine quarterback hurries eight quarterback hurries ten tackles for loss no it was crazy man I, like I and like I said the secondary specifically I was just I don't know because we talked on past podcasts how Corey Thornton had started like every game last year yeah and I just kind of assumed that would have translated into like and maybe we'll see it's the first game of the year but just like the secondary just didn't seem any better and that was disappointing, but I thought there's I mean there's some moments too. I think Devon Wilson had a couple good moments that That's true. I, I remember just off the top of my head. And yeah, I, I think there's there's definitely room for improvement with them, but I do think they'll get better and better as the season goes on. I think so. And I just I still think ten and two is probably the safest assumption yeah. for this team. Because this was very close to being a loss. And UCF had stuff break their way. They had a really weird safety break there. Of course Boise had stuff break their way too, but I, I, I just hundred yard pick six. Yeah, like I just I, I think that like when you look at the season, like now whatever adversity UCF faces, they can look back on. Well, we got we came back from down twenty four seven to beat Boise State. Yeah, that's with them for the rest of the year. And just I don't. The craziest part is just like if you take away those two picks, what's the score of this game? And like I know like if you actually did, the I play, I know I get it, but still I mean Dylan Gabriel picks accounted for like half of Boise's points. Yeah. And so, and when you look at like the stats and the way that UCF controlled the game in the second half, like this game should not have been close. And it's if, almost if, it's if a wonder they, that it was because of a hundred one one hundred yard pick six and one that set Boise State up at the thirty one yard line. But we talk about momentum. If Dylan Gabriel doesn't throw that pick six, if that's just a touchdown, yeah, I think Boise State gets blown out. I, we were talking about that. We were talking. My friends and I were talking about that um, early on in the game when UCF went down. I was like, I don't think this would be the case right now if that. If he had either just thrown the ball away, made a better throw, anything, ran ran for like a yard and just slid, whatever, lived to lived, lived to see another down, I just don't know what that play. That no, play, because I've they, replayed I mean, in my mind so many times throughout the first half, like because it totally swung the game, and then Boise yeah. Boise came out fired up, ready to go. If yeah. that play doesn't happen, they're just deflated. I, yeah. I just I don't know. I don't want to keep going in circles, but like I, I just I really do have to touch on again, despite the two picks. I don't know who that quarterback was tonight. Like, Dylan Gabriel is just so improved. And that, to me, is exciting for a couple reasons. Because, yeah, obviously it's great to have a great quarterback. But at the same time, like, I, part of the problem was, yeah, I felt Dylan Gabriel needed to get better with things like running the ball, mm-hmm. you know, making decisions in that realm. But on top of that, like, he came out against a team, a very good team. He historically does not play well against good teams. Yeah. Um, he throws a pick six on his first drive. And then he comes back and has an insane game. Like, yeah. 2020 Dylan Gabriel would have crumbled under that. And, and 2021 Dylan Gabriel was just out here having a ball. Yeah. I, I, I just, it was, Did I, you already read off his stats? Uh, go for it. 25 of 37 for 318 yards and four touchdowns with the two picks. And he ran the ball 12 times for 64 yards with a long of 23. Jeez, man. And I just, even early in the game, like, just seeing him, the way he was moving around the pocket and just... He just his footwork looked so good. He looked like his I mean his eyes kept his eyes downfield, wasn't getting scared. And you would see sometimes like earlier in his career, especially now obviously as a freshman, a lot of freshmen are going to do that. Right. But you would see like once the pressure got near him, like once the pocket started to collapse, he just didn't really know where to go. Yeah. And was like you know either kind of like try to get out or a little bit. <laughs> I don't know what the, yeah I don't know what they're no, doing, but he just but. looked so innovative. Yeah, I, I, and that was the that's what I always the difference between what him and Milton was is I always said when the play isn't there for Dylan Gabriel the play isn't there and when the play isn't there for Milton to make something happen. Then I'm watching Dylan Gabriel like I don't know how he's doing it and listen he missed a couple open guys at yeah. points and that's got something to work on but 
where he's just casually like looking downfield and like, oh, let me take a little sidestep here because yeah. there's a defender launching. Like, just fine. You, I mean, and you would see him too. There was a couple times I think where he was kind of in the open field and there would be like, usually it was a defensive lineman where he knew like in his mind that like I can make this guy miss. Like yep. I am more athletic than him. I can make him miss, and he would do it. And nah. then he would be smart. He would slide. Other than the two point. Other than literally, where, which I get because you're trying yeah. to get a two point. And also, like we always talked about, how oh he has, he's hesitant to run. He doesn't. The second there was an opening in front of him, he was he was like I'm he was out. Yeah, he was out of there. I mean, and that's so many thing. times. I, I really want to. I want to know like if, if I ever got the chance to talk to him about like his UCF career. I'd want to know like how has he been coached by Malzahn and this staff compared to how hype wanted to use him because I want I really want because like. Clearly, like this is his first game under a new staff, and this is what he looks like on like with his legs. Like, like was really this always here? And they just never like they never really well, said like this is look, what you need to look for. Like, you look back at Heichel's offense, him. and it was so simplistic. Yeah, and and that was billed to us as a positive, and I think at times it was, but I, I also just think it's to the point where I mean, Dylan Gabriel. I don't think it was. We looked. I came off of last season. I said on this podcast a million times that Dylan Gabriel can't do these things. And I think in hindsight, it was just, well, why would we bother with him doing those things? Because we're just yeah. going to do the two things we do. We're just going to take shots downfield, simple reads, that's it. And Gus Malzahn's offense is way more creative. And for, and I've said this before, it forces the quarterback to be creative. And I didn't know if Dylan could do that, but he clearly can't. Again, snap judgment me was like, in the first half when UCF wasn't moving the ball, I was like, yeah, I knew they weren't going to do as many deep shots. But like, can we just see one? Like, can we see? It? And then finally, like, we started to see him, and I was like, okay. I yeah, was just, no, I, I felt was being the same impatient. way because I was like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, he throws the probably the best deep ball in the country. It was can't just like screen, screen, screen. And then screen. I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> they started sucking it. It was yeah. working. Yeah, and I missed. Yeah, he hit Jalen on one. I think he might hit he hit O'Keefe on one. I think. So I'm gonna do something. Yeah, coming off the coming off the high of that, in our very sane minds right now at 3:26 a.m. <laughs> I want. I, I'm going to read you the list of the rest of their schedule. Oh, I want no. you to tell me win or loss. Okay. Uh, a couple of these teams have played now, so I will let you know if they've played when. Uh, when okay. We get to them. Okay. Bethune Cookman. Win. You sure? Okay. <laughs> um, Mikey Keen for four touchdowns in that game. Uh, at Louisville. Win. Ooh, confident. I'm. I have been confident all offseason about that one. Um, at Navy. Win. Um, East Carolina, who got killed by App State tonight. Win. At Cincinnati. I don't. I don't know how to answer that. Okay. Well, toss up. Yeah. Memphis. Win. At Temple. Win. Tulane. Win. At SMU. Leaning towards toss up, but I I, I want to say win. Okay. UConn. Win. Who got killed by Fresno State? Okay. Um, South Florida, who could not score against NC State. Win. So what, so what are we looking at here? Like looking at two, undefeated two, potentially at most two, two losses. Two toss ups like. With the potential of for them to sure, maybe drop you never them know. Yeah, you never, you never know. know. But I don't just the way the way this they looked at the skill positions tonight, the way the defensive line looked, the way Dylan Gabriel looked, like I don't see like the teams that they're better than, I don't just see them like, oh, we're gonna have like we they had an off day and they lost. Yeah. I just think like the teams are better than they're gonna expose some teams. I also love that they have a tune up game before Louisville. I think that's gonna really help. No, yeah, and I think they they'll can work out a lot of things against Bethune Cookman. And also obviously build a big enough lead to where you have if you have some guys that are banged up a little bit, rest them in the second half and get them ready for a Friday night game on the road. And yeah, it's it's huge to have that game. And it's kind of interesting because as tough as it was to have Boise State to open this season, now that you got the win in that game and you have an FCS coming up next, it's just like it's kind of the reverse of like all right. Usually you start off with a game that doesn't really like now it's the relaxer. Yeah, and now it's like you have a relaxer now instead of like a relaxer to start with and then. 
although there was times where like my heart was like I was like I'm, me like physically like or like condition my just my mind my mindset my my heart I was like I'm I was not prepared for this in week one. Like, no, I, I, need, I was I, I was an easy, that would have like, been a devastating loss. Yeah, um, but I will say also that you know I I'd said like I think one or two pods ago that part like aside from the record what would make the season successful like i said like 9 and 3 can't be successful if it's like 9 and 3 but they lost to Boise and right. Bowl and Cincinnati or whatever it's like UCF just beat a really good team for the first time since what like 2018 basically yeah like they've shown they can do it again the way, like they're back in that sense and that's huge think about it this way if if they do go 10 and 2 with losses to Cincinnati and SMU and they don't make the conference championship at least you can hang your hat and say hey we had we had one we won one more big game yeah games. that's the there's no situation now where the season plays out where UCF never won one of the big games yeah. they started with a win so yeah. we know they can do it and i think i think this game could do a lot for their confidence too I agree. like cuz now yeah like just like we said like we don't know what it's going to look like when they get on the field and the coaches don't really know they probably didn't know either like no, as much you never as, as truly much, yeah, know. As much as they've done in practice and as prepared as they probably felt, they didn't know how this was going to go, especially against the Boise State team that was in a similar situation to them, especially after a two-hour and 45-minute weather delay. And especially you're expecting to have this packed crowd, which, by the way, I'd said that I'd really try to caution about attendance. Uh, I think that place was going to be like a sellout. I think so. Before the rain. And he, the fact that, like, literally almost three hours went by, I, uh, fans were, like, locked out of the stadium at one point. That did not yeah. seem like that whole thing went down well. Um, yeah, and then the students just stayed. Like, all the yeah. students were there. Tons of fans stayed. They had probably did like, 30,000 people there yeah. in the middle of the night. I mean, I just... <laughs> that's, that's the cool thing, too, is, like, after a while, I was like, all right, maybe some people are going to, like, start the game here, and then they'll end up leaving. But, like, it seemed like the people that stayed that long were just, like, commit- were committed. At that point, they were committed. They are like, you know what? No, like, the rest of our night is just going to be here. We're going to go into work tomorrow dead tired. Maybe we're going to call out. But... I, just, I, I just this game and I think it'll hit us more as time goes on. Like this was a really special game. UCF beat Boise State at 1:30 a.m. <laughs> with the group, the most hardcore group of fans you could have asked for. Yeah. And I just it got me so excited for this season. I'm just I'm so excited, and also I'm so excited college football's here. I can't wait to spend the weekend. <laughs> That's what I was football. gonna say. We've got this out of the way. We gotta win, and now like you're you're going into relax. the weekend where it's like we can just relax and enjoy some football and just. I can't wait. And yeah. sc- and scout a lot of teams that UCF's gonna be playing here now. Yeah. Because that's the thing is, like, first off, by the way, I just would like to congratulate Bailey and I for totally calling that Tulsa was a bunch of freaking frauds last year <laughs> now that they lost to UC Davis in their Goodness. opening game. Did, like, Tulsa, like, get... get I, oh, right, I keep forgetting to care about the American anymore. I was about to say get him out of the AAC. It doesn't matter. He's just going to the big Keep call. him in the AAC. Screw You'll the AAC. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Power six? No way. <laughs> um, but, no, I just... I, I'm, I'm, this is going to be a really special season. And I'm not saying necessarily special, like, undefeated, but, like, right. Malzahn is it's gonna be a building fun something season. here. And the fact that when you come into a place and you say, we're going to build this up, and then your first win is Boise State, yeah. you're building something. I heard him, so as I was leaving Garage A, um, my for some reason my radio just did not want to like actually play. So I, I don't know who was interviewing was interviewing him on the radio station. Um, and <laughs> he basically had said that. He said something like, this is a spe-, he goes, this is a special group of players. I lo-, he said, I love these players, and we're building something here. And you could just tell in his voice that he was just so like, thrilled maybe a little relieved and just like he's so ready to just push on forward with this season and i'm i'm already yeah like i can't wait when he, and, uh, when he came into the presser he starts talking he, you know he was just he seemed really happy yeah you could hear the music from the players and yeah stuff. i mean they were they were thrilled and mahajer sneaks in and just goes in the back and everything malzahn says mahajer's like the cheerleader you just seem like piss, piss bump into <laughs> yeah. himself and it's like yes yeah. it's like they're i just they're you know the, the, here in the waffle house tonight and i just 
Also, there were a lot, I don't know about the rain delay, but there were supposed to be a lot of recruits and potential recruits. Yeah. I don't know how you, like, th- that's a heck of a way to advertise yourself. Yeah. I mean, really heck of a and way to advertise yourself. <laughs> it, it's just, it was funny just because, just the, what you said to the players, like, you could hear the music coming from them. Like, I'm sure they're enjoying this one a lot. I mean, Big Cat's tweeting oh, at yeah. 316, but, like, I saw, like, after the alma mater was, like, players came over to the alma mater like they usually do. And as soon as the alma mater, I don't even remember who it was. I just saw one of, like, the, I think it was, like, one of the big D linemen just sprints for the locker room. Like, oh, this is going to be, this is, but this is good. But you think, like, there's a lot of new guys on the roster, but even the guys who aren't, like, this is, for basically even juniors, this is, like, their first big win since yeah. they've been at UCF. I mean, UCF's won a lot of games, but they haven't won a lot of big games in a while yeah. now. And I, I hate to even, like, think about this, but it's just, like, you, like, we think that Boise State will go on to do well. And you just, we want this win to age well. I think it, I think will. it will. I think they're it will. Gus Malzahn said in his but, presser, he said they're a top 25 yeah. team, and I believe him. Boise's never bad. I mean, they yeah, just, that's, they're that's what one I was of saying. those consistent programs in college football. Yeah. And so we can go ahead and wrap this up real quick, but I have actually two questions for you. Okay. What did you think of the combo tonight? Okay. Um, I loved it. So first off, I need to like clarify something very out the gate. Because I'm sure that people are like, oh, Christian's a UCF uniform homer. I am not. I have criticized the uniforms before, and yeah. I love writing the review column, but I will let you know if I don't like a combo. Like, they wore, what was it, the Stanford combo in 2019, the gold helmet, anthracite jersey, white pants. Yeah. I hate that to this day. I can't believe they wore that. <laughs> Such a stupid combo. Tonight's was, like, one of my favorite UCF looks ever. Like, I think that needs to become, really? like, an annual look. And it's funny because I would said, actually, that I thought it would look better without chrome gold decals. I thought Pop Warner and I, yeah. I was wrong. The chrome gold looked good. It did look good. On the white helmets. Yeah, it's just, it's a really... It was good for this game, too. Yeah, I wish Boise wasn't also wearing white helmets as everybody else, but it's like, you know, sorry, guys. The world's crazy. <laughs> and it just, it, it's such a classic football look. And what's yeah. nice about UCF's uniforms is, like, every team has quote-unquote combos. Like, oh, we can wear this. Like, UCF's uniforms flow so seamlessly together. All part of, big part of that is the pants are very clean. There's no, like, yeah. pattern on the pants. Jerseys are very straightforward. I, I just, it was just such a classic look. It really like a classic football look, but with the sleekness that UCF brings. Yeah. Such a good look. I enjoyed it. I'm already looking forward to seeing what they come up with for next week against Bethune-Cookman. Another home game. <laughs> I already know. I'm sure you do. <laughs> um, other question, uniform related. Yep. Did you notice that they have, uh, the captains have C's on their chest? What do you think Did they? Yeah, you I didn't notice that. I didn't know that. No, yeah. I didn't see that. That's, and that's I one love of the things, that. Yeah, I actually really liked it a lot. Oh, that's so awesome. So, we'll have to find, after we finish recording, we'll have to find a picture or something. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was a, a touch that I was like, oh, attention. Oh, another question. I don't know if this is like <laughs> even something you care about, but like, did you see the the first down markers and stuff? That they're digital? They're digital now. So that wasn't my favorite thing. My favorite thing was that when the ESPN guy stands on the field, now, there's a that. clock. I you that. hated that? I did, because I, I would watch the clock, and it felt like time was moving slower when... No, when you the, are flat out wrong. That is the my, is my favorite thing ever. It's that, that might be bigger than getting malls on. <laughs> It's funny, my dad and I had this conversation recently where I think we were watching something on, maybe on Peacock, I think, uh-huh. and, you know, like, they'll do, like, the commercials, and it'll tell you how much time is, like, left in the commercial break, and he was saying, he was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I don't like that, he's like, I feel like I, I start to watch the clock and it goes lower, and then I was like, I was like, yeah, I, I get that, and then to have it happen, like, a couple days later with a football game, like, I'm just sitting there watching, I'm like, I swear, like, okay. it said three and a half minutes, like, two minutes ago. Let me say, I hate it when they do it on TV, I saw it on TV, okay. I don't like that. I like it in the stadium because then I'm like, okay, I can go use the bathroom. You be, yeah. Like, so you or I can that, go grab like, a drink. For like, me, whatever. for me being in the stands, I'm just standing there, just like waiting. Just I, I don't, I don't. I guess that's fair. I for, like in the press box, it's helpful. Because like when yeah, when there's when there's t- a break time in the press box, you can like check check Twitter, check on other scores, do whatever you need to do, do some writing, whatever. 
for me, I'm just sitting there like, oh, can we start the game again? Like, especially tonight. <laughs> especially tonight, I was like, we need, I just, like, I just need this game to end. You got to go back and record a podcast and go to sleep. I can't believe it's 3.30, it's, 6 a.m. I work tomorrow. That's going to be fun. I don't, but I um, do have to drive back to Tampa. So. That's fair. Um, I have a question for you. Yes. And I guess we can wrap up. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Bowser for Heisman. Oh. I mean, that's... If he, if he performs like that every week, like, that is... That's he performs like that every week, he'll actually win Yeah, that's the thing. So, like, he's already he's on a good pace for it. So I might have to pick that up. And you know what? Boise State's a very good team, and they look like ragdolls trying to tackle him. I can't yeah. wait to see what he does against a lot of the other teams. I might team. have to pick that up. Yeah. It's going to be a fun year. It'll be fun. Um, also, I don't know if you caught that Ohio State almost lost. <laughs> I saw that they were down at halftime. I didn't really see what the final was. Or anything, they, like... But... Yeah, they came very close to losing. But yeah. Just thought I'd throw them there, too. Yeah, and so... Just a little bit of housekeeping. We will be recording next Wednesday. Yep. Um, we will talk about some Big 12 stuff. There is a lot of realignment stuff to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we'll talk realignment. We'll probably talk some some college football week one, other stuff that has stood out to us over the weekend. And we'll do a little quick preview of Bethune-Cookman with Christian and I's normal predictions. And also, also I think we might have to wrap up the Boise State predictions and see how we did because... In yeah, we got it. We got it. Oh, yeah. In the that. moment, I, I don't remember what any of them were. Honestly, did, I don't think any of yours hit. No, and I don't remember what I came up with. What I, I think I said two receivers were on. My, my yeah, you said you didn't get that. My big one was that the defense would win the game for. You I feel save, like which I feel like it's just too iffy to say. Yeah, that. and I feel like does your I feel like it almost is like your um your crowd one that doesn't count. really that like. Yeah, even I think we, we went can't really say yes or no. We might have honestly. I wonder what my uh, I wonder what my third one was. I can't remember. I don't. Oh, actually, I have them right here. Do you want oh, to do this up. now? Do you have yeah, yours? Yeah, why not? Uh, I'm trying to pull my... Do you have yours? I do. I can find mine if you... I do. Um, say yours. So UCF has... I said UCF would have two receivers go over 100 yards in the game. They did not do that. Um, they had just one. Um, and then I said UCF would score a defensive or special teams touchdown, which they did not do. Um, they got a safety. But that almost counts. <laughs> almost. Uh, and then I did get this one. I hit on this one. UCF winning a one-possession game for the first time since November 2019. Nice man. So, I went over three. Oh no. <laughs> um, fewer than forty thousand attendance. You know, I'm gonna give myself that one. Uh, yeah, I feel like I feel stupid like that extenuating tough to circumstances, but I'm giving it to myself. Okay. Um, the defense will outshine the offense. You know what? Dylan Gabriel threw two picks. I'm giving that to myself as well. That's um. I don't care. I that's win. That's the uh, and the I don't know. If we're off to a bad start. On no, these I'm a, I'm two and zero. Oh. Uh, and then Gabriel will have a rushing touchdown. He didn't, but he also set a career high for rushing yards. So I'm giving myself that one as well. So I went three and zero. Oh. We're not doing this all season. We're not, we're not. This is not how we're grading these things all season because that was one of the toughest things I've ever had to listen to. Um, I do, for the record, I do want to say, so I said, what was your, were your score prediction? 30 to 24. Which it was 30 to 24 yeah. exactly for yeah. a huge chunk of the game. And then I said 38 to 30 and ended up being 36 to 30. You came by far the closest. So, yeah. I feel pretty good about that. You should. It's for another sure. thing. One last thing. Sorry, you keep just doing this and it's it's 3.39 in the morning for us. Um... What is, does, does Vegas just control college football? Yeah, I don't know. But why like, why the, do the, they know more than the teams? Because the, the, the spread, I think, was at one point. It was five and a half. My friends were saying it was up to six points. UCF wins by five. The over was like 69 and a half. Uh, and, or the, yeah, the over-under was set at 69 and a half. And 36 plus 31. That's 30. No, 67. So it was that it was that close. Like, why is why are they so close on that kind of stuff? I don't, I don't understand. It stresses me. It, it, it's yeah, very it's, strange. It's very weird. I wonder what the line will be for Bethune-Cookman. Lots. 
I can't wait to rewatch this game tomorrow. If I'm awake, we'll see. I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold for me, but until next time, we will we will so we will speak with you Wednesday. Well, you'll you'll hear it on Thursday. We'll speak with but, you. Yeah, you'll hear you'll hear from us before the Bethune Cookman game. Um, but until then, you can find us on Twitter at Bailey J Adams twenty two at by C A Simmons and at Night Sports Now. Enjoy this win. It was a big one. Enjoy week one of college football this weekend without having to stress until at least two weeks from now. And we'll talk to you next week. UCF is going undefeated. Bye, everybody.